So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. Smashing Security. Splinter episode. Email attachment malware. With Carol Terrio, Vanya Schweitzer and Graham Cooley. Hello and welcome to another episode of Smashing Security. It's a splinter episode where we're going to be offering some top tips on how to better secure your computer and protect yourself online. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, haven't there been lots of predictions that email malware was dead and it wasn't going to be a problem anymore? Well, there were predictions that email would be dead. <laughs> Well, I, I, I would argue that email is dead for some generations. However, in day-to-day -day kind of work and job, and uh, we still have to use it. And it's, it's still, I find it really useful. And I'm, I, I've considered myself to be the email generation rather than Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever. Exactly. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of companies I work with now who actually use, um, you know, uh, tools like Slack, for example, to do all their, yeah, to do all their, con you know, to do all their uh, internal uh, communications. Um, but I'm email generation too, I'm afraid. I'm a bit of a fan. And tools like that may be all right for internal communications. I'm not a great lover of them myself. But certainly when you start dealing with the outside world and with customers, email is king. And of course... The bad guys, the malicious hackers, the malware authors, they're well aware that just about everyone on the internet has an email address. And so that is one of the primary ways in which they try to infect your computer, whether you be at home or at work. And so I thought today it would be good for us to chat about email attachment malware. You know, it's it's been really over 20 years now that this has been a problem. Um, and it continues to be a big deal, doesn't oh. it? Can you remember the old ones, Graham? Can you remember the old ah, ones? Ah, yeah. Oh, you tell kids, yeah, they, they don't believe how terrible it used to be into old day with things I, like the love bug. Can I apologise to everyone who Graham just insulted with that accent? <laughs> yes, apologies to people from Yorkshire um, for that. I don't know what I've, we've probably, do you think we've got any listeners in Yorkshire? I'm not sure. I must, we, must, we, must, we must be huge. Of course huge. we do. Yeah. Course we must we be do. huge in yeah, Yorkshire. Anyway, th there were viruses like the love bug, which spread around mm. the world with the subject line, I love you, and uh, an attachment called loveletterforyou.txt.vbs. There was Melissa, one of the first really big word macro viruses, um, which spread around and displayed a message from the Simpsons and forwarded itself to the first 50 people in your address book. Oh, yeah, um, I do remember that. Good old times. Yeah, and Anna Cornacova, 
Mm. Um, were you working in the industry when Anna Kornikova happened? I think yes. we were all there. Yes. Yeah, we were all there. God, we're old, aren't we? <laughs> and, and the Anna Kornikova one was quite clever, I thought, yeah. because um, in, in terms of its social engineering, because when it's a sort of movie celebrity, you know, not everyone might know her or, you know, it, not everyone may click on it. But when it's a sports star, you don't even have, she doesn't even have to speak your language. All you know is, oh, here's a blonde girl who plays tennis who's got nice thighs. And so people, if they're sent <laughs> an attachment with something which claims to be an Anna Kornikova picture, people are going to click on it. In fact, I would suggest that even people who aren't sexually attracted to Anna Kornikova, which I, I imagine there are some people who aren't, might click on something like that because they might think, oh, this is a joke or this will be a picture of Anna Kornikova with cellulite or something like that. And so they, they might click on it. And as a result, um, you know, the, the infection spreads further and further. And there have been others as well, of course. Um, Carole, one of, your, uh, one of your people from your own country back in the <laughs> motherland, the mighty Sounds, Avril Lavigne. Isn't that ironic? I think you'll find that somewhere else. That's... Not. It's not ironic. Like most of the lyrics in the song. Crow, crow. <laughs> mm. That wasn't Avril Lavigne. Are uh, you sure? Yeah. Alanis Morissette. Oh, it was. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, I'm going to never live down my Canadian. Oh, right, that bit's not going to get edited out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, th those are some of the big email malwares from yesteryear. And, and fundamentally, these things work on a very simple principle. They will use some form of social engineering to try to trick you into clicking on the attachment. And when you click on the attachment, the program runs or the Word document opens and your computer gets infected. So when you mean socially engineer, you mean they try to make it attractive for the person. So it might be, ooh, look at these pics of this hot actress or actor, or um, open this because your bank has uh, information about your account that you need to look at, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think they, they evolved over years. Like they started with those simple things such as images of, of famous people, which were then very, not that easy yeah. to find on the internet, I guess. Uh, these days, uh, it's more something that to be really kind of seriously kind of affected you it can affect you in, in sort of financial ways that such as you know here is a receipt for a credit card that just you know uh, something to spend on a credit card here's an interesting thought though think of all the ones that had emails that were all about you know certain celebrity is dead right isn't that the beginning of fake news Ooh. Ooh. oh crumbs oh are we going to start podcasting about fake news I love, I, I'm just obsessed with it. We can leave fake news for our actual smashing security podcast. But you're, you're right. So I think it really started with quite salacious stuff. The sort of Anna Kornikova, mm -hmm. Jennifer Lopez, naked on the beach, mm. naked wife, mm -hmm. people clicking on those sort of things. And those were sort of very graphical and they were, they were great in some ways because Obviously, they spread a lot, human nature being what it was. But the media could very easily explain what to look out for. You know, if you get an email claiming to be a picture of Anna Kornikova, don't click on it. These days, and, and since then, we saw a lot of other attacks, which might be things like, um, we try to deliver a parcel to you, we're FedEx, we're UPS, yes. we've, uh, you've been caught speeding in New York, and so there's been a traffic violation, or, you know, those sort of things, which equally get you to click on the attachment because rather than being, oh, 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 this sounds a bit sexy, instead you're thinking, how outrageous, I haven't ordered something or I'm expecting a parcel and you, you click on these things and 
and you get infected. Yeah, and the, and the media is not covering this because in the good old times, these were like really newsworthy. Now we have like thousands of campaigns of spamming malware, email malware every day. And nobody's really that much interested in it, except the people who get infected. And as you explained, this these sort of attacks, the motivation behind them has changed over time. It used to be simply virus writers and Trojan writers just showing off. You know, they, they, they were just like, they want to infect as many people as possible just for the, just for a laugh. To, for the kicks. Today, it's more about making money. It might be about stealing information from your computer, turning you into part of a botnet, or more commonly today, what we're seeing is spreading mm. of ransomware. So yeah. that will often be the end result of clicking on one of these attachments, because that is one of the primary ways right now that the hackers are making money out of your computer is by basically extorting money out of you by encrypting well, your files. Although I don't have uh, hard facts here, but I would argue that keyloggers are still being installed just to try and get all the passwords, right? So a keylogger would sit there and record all your keystrokes and then be able to try and isolate those that are very useful, like password and account uh, usernames, in order to be able to go in. And if, for example, if it's a bank account that you went and visited, um, that could be very useful to someone. Yeah, the motivation is usually financial. And, and same with keyloggers, as with ransomware. They're just different models of making money for the bad mm -hmm. guys. So there are certain types of file which are more dangerous than others. And one of the things which the malware authors have done over the years is they've tried to disguise and hide the true identity of their file. So in the love bug, for instance, it was called loveletterforyou.txt.vbs. It had something called a, a double extension. Yeah, and, and let us remember the Windows would only show the, 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 the first extension while it would hide some of the no, well-known extensions. So the VBS, you wouldn't see it. You will, you will only see the txt extension in the file name. Vanya, you, Vanya you're a techie guy. Isn't it crazy that Windows ever did that? I mean, what really was the point of them hiding the last extension? Because that has been exploited so much over the years. I think the reason why they, they did it is because they wanted to make it simpler. They didn't want people to have to know everything about, oh, this file is a document because it has a doc extension. They would just see the word icon and the file name uh, without the extension. They would say, I know these are my documents. Yeah, and loads of people view their file folders and look at all their files without having the extensions being displayed, just for ease of readability. Well, it okay, maybe it makes it look prettier on the screen, but I really think that this is one of the things... Where, Microsoft have done some great things in terms of security over the years, but this, I think, was a huge foul-up on their part. And I shouldn't really complain, because, to be honest, it's things like this which have kept us employed in the computer security industry for years and years, because so many of these attacks have been possible because of mistakes like that, not telling people what these files really were on their computers. And so people would be lulled into this false sense of security and think, oh, this is safe, this is a text file, for instance. And in fact, it was a Visual Basic script or... Um, but are they still doing that? I think I think this is still happening to extent. What we tend to see in these days actually is a more sophisticated form of this, which is these days you can get Microsoft Word documents and PDFs and other Office documents as well, which you may think at first a Word document is safe, but of course it could have some malicious code embedded inside it in the form of a macro or OLE embedding as well. And so I think this sort of it's become a very blurry line between what is actually data 
and what is executable. Yeah, I think b- yeah. people, you know, yeah. the, the the bad guys started sending BB script files and, and executables, while you know they were easily detected by and simply removed by a policy on an email server. And there are certain types types of attachments, mm. such as Word documents of Excel spreadsheets, that you really can't block by default. So what's happening now is malicious hackers are taking Word documents, they're taking PDFs, they know that they are less likely to be being blocked at the email gateway, and they're embedding their attacks inside them. They may be exploiting a vulnerability, maybe an Adobe Reader, for instance. They may be embedding some malicious content in there as well. And they're trying to trick people into opening these files. And if the social engineering is right, if the email is crafted in the correct way, people will click before they think. And sometimes they'll even follow instructions, such as if you see a a warning from Microsoft Word uh, telling you that you need to enable macros, please do click, yes, enable the macros, which allows the malicious code then to run. Yeah, and sometimes the content of the document would be kind of marginally related to what the people are expected to be, while in the background you have these sort of bad things happening. And, you know, it's hard, guys. Like, you know, we're talking like, you know, the thing is, is macros are often needed, for example, in spreadsheets in order to have things run properly, in order to see all the information correctly, like in legitimate Excel spreadsheets. Right, which makes life really right? so, difficult. I would, Im- yeah. I would imagine most Word documents don't need macros, and probably most users of Word have very little use for macros. I'm sure in some sort of edge cases it's there. But when it comes to Excel spreadsheets, for instance... There is a legitimate reason to have macros, and so you can't really have a policy of we're not going to allow any macros any longer. Well, yeah, you you, you can have a policy if you're in a company that cr- macros created only by your people or your IT developers right. can be opened. So th- there is a way of, of of doing that or setting that policy, but for a general population, it's kind of pretty tricky. And what makes this even harder is that, of course, people think, well, okay, that's fine, you know, but if I don't recognize the sender, I won't open it. So I just won't accept, you know, that this was advice we gave for years, right? Don't open email from unsolicited, you know, senders. Yeah, it's, it's still good advice. But of course, that can be spoofed as well. That's, it's still good advice, but also, you know, I could certainly get an email from someone purporting to be Graham Cluley with an Excel spreadsheet attached, although Graham would never do that in a million years. So that would be the, that would be, that would raise my, the alarm for me that I would get, be getting an Excel I'm spreadsheet. I'm not the typical Excel user. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, so what I, I think normal people would go, oh, I feel a bit weird about this, but I recognize the sender. Therefore, that builds the reputation of the email. I feel like I trust it more. Surely sender can be spoofed. Yeah. So I think I think you're right. I think in the old days, a lot of people used to say, "Okay, if you get an email from a stranger with an attachment, be careful about it. It's a bit like, you know, not eating sweets or stroking puppies, which are offered to you by some weirdo. Right. And so you'd be you'd be (laughs) you'd be careful about that. But what we've found over time is the attackers can often pretend to be someone who, you know, they might have. Uh, maybe even compromise the email account of or create you know, or so, create a new email account Graham Cluley at yahoo.com if you don't already have it <laughs> as if I would ever have a yahoo account <laughs> but but yes um, I mean it's um you know th- those are the sort of things to worry about and there, there are other tricks which I mean what we'll do is we'll put in the show notes some of the advice we can give people and, and some links as to setting up a macro policy and how to harden Microsoft Word against macros right. and these other things and how to try and uh, fight some of these things in Excel. But fundamentally, we're saying you've got to be cautious 
about the email attachments which you open on your computer. And there's a few things that they can do. Like there's a f- there's some advice we can give right now, right? So make sure you run up to date antivirus. Yes, some might bypass that, but it's going to stop a, you know a large majority of known you know of Absolutely. known attacks. Would you agree with oh, that? T- t- totally. Yeah. Check. And, you know, also you want to patch vulnerabilities. You don't want to be sitting there with a vulnerable system. Either. Luckily, most of this is already automated. So make sure that your, your auto updates are turned yes. on. And if you are feeling at all suspicious, don't open the file. Ask your IT guy instead. Make it their problem. Right. After all, it's the company's data which is at risk. You don't want to be the one who let this in. And I think most IT departments, they won't mind too much if you err on the side of caution. Because, you know, they would rather deal with you rather than having to mop up an infection later on. So if you do feel unsure, um, just... uh, Carol, don't make me laugh while I'm talking. I'm not making you laugh. You're editing the Google document. So let me just explain. We have this doc and I have this great line, right? Saying, hey, ask the IT guy, make it his or her problem. And what happens in the show? Graham, Graham notices, Graham notices right away that that's the killer line to end the show. And what does he do? He steals it. So just, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I'll rent it to you. I'll, I'll invoice you later. TM, TM Carlteria. Okay, quick summary then. Be wary of PDFs, which are sent to you unsolicited. Be wary of Word documents and Office documents and spreadsheets. They can contain Excel mail. Be wary yeah. of anything which is executable, which could including JavaScript, which is any weird file attachment which is sent to you. Be wary of that. Look f- at the message. Who is it really come from? Is it their regular email address? Are you expecting the email? Is it the kind of way they normally communicate with you, or is it somebody else? Have you got an email where the attachment is zipped up and they said, oh, yes, um, we've, we're sending you this invoice. We've zipped it up with a password. Well, it might be that they've zipped it up with a password in order to try and get it past your company's email filter so that it can't find out what's within. So be a little bit careful about that as well. And as Carol says very wisely, um, if in doubt, go and ask your local IT nerd. Um, make it their problem instead uh, rather than yours. Um so I don't think... And you know what? There's one yes. more last piece of advice. If in doubt, if you're in doubt, call them or email email the sender saying, hey, did you send me this? And use their legitimate email address, right? So if, uh, you know, for example, in the Graham Cooley example, sending me an you know, Excel spreadsheet and I'm looking at this going, that's weird. I might email him directly and go, did you send this to me? Well, look, guys, I think it's some great advice there. Email malware still going to be a problem. Of course, it's not the only threat which comes with our email. We've only spoken today about email attachments. There's also dangers which can arise from email links, but maybe we'll tackle that in another Splinter episode in the future. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, until next time, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing on iTunes, leave a review, uh, follow us on Twitter at Smashing Security or visit smashingsecurity.com. We love to get feedback from you guys as to what you want us to talk about. So until next time, uh, from all of us, Kirill Terrio, Vanya Schweitzer and Graham Cluley, thank you for listening. Cheerio. Bye-bye.